There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, is Mr. Hunter in yet? Yep, we're ready to go. Sorry, we're talking uh, Snoo, which is very uh, baby talk. So, you know. Snoo? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a crib where if your kid doesn't sleep, it like straps him in and then like shakes him to bed. But it's like super, uh, like new age. My wife knew about it and it helped me a lot. So when she said she had a newborn, I was telling her about it. It's crazy, Tom, because the Snoo, I mean, if you're a mom, you know, or if you're a parent, you know, because it reacts to the baby crying. So if it cries, it changes up what it's doing. It's like insane. Like people who have the Snoo are living their best lives. Why don't you just like tie him to the bed like my mother used to? What's wrong with that? <laughs> There's that too. And just you strap him right to the bed. You're good to go. And you turned out perfectly. So yeah, I don't know so why he doesn't do no, that. No mental or you know personal problems at all. Everything's Nothing. really good. Everything's good. Yeah. Now they told us like what you don't want to do is uh, have the kid fall asleep in your arms because then if you put him down, they'll wake up and not know where they are. And I'm oh. like, that was the best part of college. I don't know what they're talking about. That was <laughs> exact good point. And then I'll be on the good road, and my wife time. will call me up. The baby won't go to bed. I'm like, I'm not even in the same state. Like, tell about your day. That puts me out, you know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, what was she expecting you to do, by the way? That's what I want to know. I, I don't know. It's just almost like, it's just crazy. Like, I'll get off stage, and people, oh, I want a picture, and this and that, and you made me laugh, and thank you. And, and then I look at my phone, and it's like, the cat threw up, you know, and the baby won't sleep. I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Adam, I got to tell you something. This is, this is terrific because, you know, with this COVID bullshit and this other and this and that and nothing's funny anymore. And if you try to tell a joke, you're an asshole and blah, blah, blah. It's great to have you back in studio. I, um, and I didn't know this, that, that 37 years ago or whatever, we were the first morning show over at the Q to, to, to have comedians in studio i i just thought everybody did that i don't know where i got that idea because apparently i never heard them but i can't tell you how great it is to have uh, adam hunter back in studio and and having comedians in hopefully we can get back to that thursday and friday deal we used to do over at the queue because it just makes my weekend you know so i'm not uh. trying to be too nice adam no i appreciate true. it i appreciate the fact that i drove here i took an uber and that you're not in studio. So thanks for uh, for having me come in, ready to see well, you, and then you're at home. I'm like, how does he get to Adam, be at home? Yes. The problem that I have, I, because I just started this show one month ago, and I took a couple of months off after leaving the other joint, and I've been, I literally, had I known, Adam, that it was going to take this much work to get this done, I probably would have just said, no, nah, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, it's too you. much work. You know? I hear you. So I apologize. I cannot wait to see you. It's been a while since I've seen you actually in person, hasn't it? No, 100%. In fact, when, when they were like, hey, you want to do time? I'm like, yeah. Because I, I, I love seeing you and your, your dysfunctional family. Uh, it, just, <laughs> it just reminds me of my family. So that's good. And then you got a wife yeah. a wife out, out of your league and the kids that don't want to get jobs. You know, and it, it's just great. It's just... I I really appreciate that. So, you know. Well, I do too. But I got to read one line because I, I got to know the interpretation here. By the way, I like the picture they sent over too. The, the picture of you. You have this look on your face like, laugh or I'll kill you. Oh, thanks. I like that look. Appreciate it. Good look. Thank you. Here's a line you need to. Now, you got to. Is this about um, how on fire your career is or about your physical appearance? The first line in your bio is Adam Hunter is one of the hottest comedians around today. 
Um, which way am I supposed to take that? I think I wrote that when I was one of the hottest comedians um, (laughs) around today. (laughs) (laughs) So pretty. Okay. I I, I got. I I think I have to change that. Uh, You know. I think. But yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what that. That definitely didn't. I mean, I don't feel like I'm the hot. I'm 44. I I remember when I'm 44 when I like you know hurt myself getting out of bed. It's just. (laughs) You know, the other day I cut myself shaving my ear. Like that's that's when I remember that I'm 44. You know, luckily my wife is 32. But the songs that I like as a kid, she knows from TikTok. You know, it's just... <laughs> that's good. Well, she's inventive or at yeah. least perceptive. That's good. Right, totally. No, I, I asked her. I'm like, do you like Green Day? She goes, I love classic rock. Oh. <laughs> Well, she's 32, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, my wife, as you know, is nine years younger than me, so a lot of it's like, what the hell are you talking about? That's like old people stuff. Well, thank you, honey. I appreciate it. <laughs> no question about it. But so things have been good. Now, I, I got to ask you, Adam, because, you know, I, I first of all, I've seen you many, many times, love your act and all the rest of it. No question about that. Is it, are we ever going to get back to the point, Adam, where, where we can actually enjoy people being funny again? like full-blown like it was for a while there. You could laugh and joke about anything, and it was so wonderful. Are we ever going to get back there again, you think? You know, I think the problem isn't like the... Well, I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's hard because I want to say yes, and I, and I want to say the problem is the Internet because yeah. you know it used to be before the Internet, you would just hear a comedy show and you wouldn't be able to repost it or tell everyone what you heard or take it out of context. And I think that's one of the big issues is that it's really funny in the room, but then you put it on online and people see it and they're not at a comedy club. They go, what, what did, I can't believe they said this. But, I mean, I got suspended from a comedy club recently because somebody was offended, but they weren't even at the show. It was somebody... <laughs> It was somebody's. I'm on stage telling jokes, and there was somebody that was that was deaf in the crowd, and and so somebody was like interpreting the jokes to him, but I didn't know. All unbeknownst to me, so I'm like, oh, is this deaf comedy jam or like I was just making some <laughs> come on making some jokes about that, and then the guy t- and then the uh, I go, do you know sign language? And the lady's like, oh, no, that's my ex-husband. They were divorced, and she goes, oh, he's a lip reader. And I'm like, well, he's not reading your lips anymore, you know. So then, <laughs> that's funny. Everybody was having a good time, and then I, and oh. then the guy, a guy walks out. Like, I stopped talking to him, and then he walks out after I stopped talking to him. I'm like, what's the matter? And the lady's like, oh, he's upset because we're divorced. And then I got a letter, like, from somebody, from somebody that knew that was related to him, saying, how dare you? I'm like, were you at the show? <laughs> no. But I heard that it was. I'm like, oh my so now, God. I, now I'm being like, it's like secondhand firing. It's not even. I'm not even getting fired. So, uh, you know, I, I want to say yes, but the problem is that you get. It used to be you get a hundred people that like it, and one doesn't. The one really didn't have a say, but now right. like that one writes a letter and tags you and this and that, and so I don't know, man. Question I have for you, Adam, and this is my perception of it. Whoever that was that was pissed off at you in the audience because you were joking around a little bit. And you didn't offend anybody. What you said is funny. I'm sorry. Do you think part of it is uh, I'm in the audience and I don't like what you're doing and I don't really have a voice like a performer on stage does, so I'm going to go after him. Is it because they're jealous of your abilities because you can be funny, you're up on stage, you're the center of attention? Is that part of the reason they're pissed off at you? I mean, I can go into a list of things of like the person yeah. that was, it was somebody, it was a younger person who hadn't probably been out in the workforce that long and doesn't realize how hard it is to, to make it. You know, in 10 years, if I, if I revisit this person when they're trying to feed their kids and this and that, they may have a different, you know, a, a different, because, you know, opinion on what it's like to get somebody fired or get somebody suspended, you know? So that, that, that could be one thing. And another thing is like, like you saw during like COVID, people that didn't necessarily have a lot of power in their lives were going around put up your mask, just screaming right. <laughs> at you, you know, exactly. like all of a sudden they had the most powerful job in the world. And some yeah. people took it in a way where like, Hey man, please put up your mask. Other people were like, it was like the Gustavo, you better put up. So I think it's like, when you get anybody time you give some, you empower somebody, it depends on how they use that power. Um, in everything, whether it's a teacher, whether it's this, whether it's that, whether it's a coach. So, um, you know, I think, I think just power corrupts. So, uh, but it's it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, nonsense. But at the same time, like, I mean, you know, you do get those comedy club owners that don't care. Luckily, that like 
Just, yeah. I just care about being funny. And I mean, more people than not come up to me, hey, man, thank you for not holding back. You know, I mean, I've had people that, hey, you know, you made fun of me and like this person had autism. And, like, thank you for making autistic jokes to me because that was no one ever does that. Or right. blind people. Hey, man, thanks for including me. Uh, to me, the most offensive thing you can do is to not include somebody in the fun. That to me is like beyond. You're not good enough to be made fun of. I'm making fun of everybody in the room, but you. And you're like, well, that to me is offensive. People, more people come up to, hey, thanks for, for th- thank you for that. People tell me that that. And then you, then you get that one person who's offended on behalf of the of the people. It's always the person who's offended who's offended on behalf. It's oh, ooh, you make a black joke. It's ooh, coming from the white people. You know, but the black yeah. people are laughing. You're like, okay. See, I love that the most of anything. So, because you need to. Pre- See, I got to be honest with you, Adam. If I were black in America today, I would have to go to people and go, I got it. Stop protecting me. I got it covered. I'm, I'm a grown man. I can handle myself. Stop protecting me like it's your white job to do that. Yeah. It drives me nuts when they do that. It's just ridiculous. The whole thing is. Just, you know, be friends with whomever you are. Be nice to people. Try not to be too big an asshole. I literally just go with, I haven't met you, so I'm going to assume you're a a decent person. Now, if you prove me wrong, then that's your problem, not mine, because whatever. I I just, but I admire people like you, Adam, because you go on stage and you take, you roll the dice, you take chances, and some people just, they, they just can't take the fact that you're the star of the show and they're just sitting in the audience and they don't like that. Well, that's also the, one of the issues is that, like, you look at the greatest home run hitter ever, which is Babe Ruth, who, who like, struck yep. out eight times at every ten. Well, with comedy, it's kind of the same way. It's like you, yep. you, you write ten jokes and maybe three work, so then seven don't work. But people don't want to be around for the seven that don't work. The, the, the seven that don't work are like, oh, you're out of here. So you have to, in some ways, get to the point where you're like Bill Burr, where you just... It just doesn't matter. You're, you're uncancelable because his, his crowd's going to come with him no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. That's hard when you're working for corporations or certain, uh, certain clubs. But I don't know. I, I think it is – I think that we are getting past it because I think people are just – the problem is that the offended, it, they don't put – it's not like, oh, I'm offended at this, and then they'll just stop. They'll just keep pushing forward to the point where, like, nobody says anything. And then the jokes are all about, oh, the, those comics who are offending people. Like, they're the punchline. You're like <laughs> – like what? What do I want to hear jokes about comics offending people? Like, like how how niche are, are we gonna get? So, you know, what are you gonna I do? I really, I gotta be honest with you about this. It, it, looking back, just talking to you about this, Adam. By the way, Adam Hunter in studio. He's at House of Comedy tonight and tomorrow night. Correct? Yes, and uh, Sunday. On Sunday as well. That's why I asked. I wanted to make sure that sometimes Sunday works, sometimes it doesn't. But in your case, it does work. Um, I will tell you something. Growing up the way that I grew up, Adam, you know, my father was off the deep end. He was mentally ill, and he, was, he and I never got along, and then he just left, and it was very poor. And it was, look, I love my family, so it wasn't a miserable childhood, but it leaned that way, right? Yeah. And you know what took me out of it? it was watching The Tonight Show with people like Don Rickles and Alan King and going down the list. If I couldn't laugh at them, I don't know where I'd be today. So if I want to, want to, if I'm having a tough day, I'm going to go see Adam Hunter because he's going to make me laugh. That's what your job is, and that's why I would come to see you. Yeah. Right? No, my job is not to not offend people. It's not like, oh, was he funny? Right. No, but nobody left offended. Like, But what kind of comedy club is that? Well, that's There's other places you can go to that. I mean, last night there was a show where a lady came with people that were in a group home. I'm like... Where did you find the like? Oh, we got it on Groupon. I'm like, how many groups are we gonna? But I was making, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was making jokes about them, and they were dying. I mean, they were like these people were. They obviously had some issues. I mean, one guy was like looking the other way, uh, and and then one person. But they were dying laughing. It's like these people they need to laugh. They're living in a group home, and they need to laugh. That's just that's what it is. I mean, people. <laughs> a lot of times, people come. Like, I've had people come that were, like, nine months pregnant because laughter was going to induce the baby. Like, that's why, which would have been terrible if all of a sudden you're on, <laughs> on stage and a baby comes flying at you. But, but, <laughs> but, but, like, yes. but still, it's, and people, they, 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 you know, you can't put a price on laughter. That's the thing. It's like, no matter how much money you spend, if something isn't funny, you're not going to laugh. It's like, oh, I spend money, I have to laugh. Like, people, things are going to be funny, they're not. So, you know, 
to remind myself of how different things are, I do go back and watch. Uh, and, and in this case, you know what's kind of sad to me, Adam, is that I talk to some young people, and I understand why this would be. I just mentioned Alan King and, and Don Rickles, and most people don't even know who that is. Young people mm-hmm. don't even know who that is anymore. But I was shocked how many young people have never heard of Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, it's a crime. I don't under- Why? As soon as I saw my first comedian on TV, I was very, very young, I started as quickly as I could. Then, of course, when the Internet came along, it was much better. I started find, trying to find out about every person that could make me feel that good by laughing. Man, I, I just poured over it trying to find. There are so many great people out there, and I really wish people. Adam Hunter is on stage to make you laugh and have a good time, and you go home feeling better. He's not there to argue with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not there to preach. My here to argue. I mean, Dangerfield was so funny, and my friend, oh, my friend actually Harry Basil, he used to help. Where he used to work with uh, Dangerfield all the time. He said he would call him up at four o'clock in the morning and wake him up to test out jokes. <laughs> and, 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 and 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 if they la- if the guy laughed, then he knew it was a good joke. I mean, Dangerfield. My friend had a thing about Dangerfield. He even later later on in life, when he was like in his nineties, he went to an open mic at the Laugh Factory, and Dangerfield Love was him. he he shows up and he's walking on stage. Like he could barely, he needed helpers and he's getting through his jokes and it's so slow and just, I mean, it was so sad, right? And then that weekend he was in Vegas and my friend was there and he's like, I gotta go, this is gonna be a disaster. What a train wreck. This guy can barely get on stage. How is Daniel? He said, Daniel came out there, tuxedo, didn't miss a beat. Like, I tell you, like it was, <laughs> it was the craziest thing. It, he just had it. He was just, he was so, but I mean, even like, I, you're like, like you said that I go back and I watch. Al Bundy's greatest insults on like, oh, yes, yes. and none of those jokes would fly today unless it was a cartoon. If it was a cartoon, right. you could, but you look at Al Bundy in a shoe store with these fat women and it <laughs> is one after another of like, does this, this, you know, does this make my butt look fat? What the earth? I mean, just one <laughs> after another, <laughs> just killing these people. And, uh, you can't even do that today. Or if you could, you'd get people, oh, you're body shaming. But that was the funniest. I don't know if we're going to come back to that. I really hope we do because that was some of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, do you mind if I tell you a very quick story about Jeff Cesario the day that he met Rodney Dangerfield? No, go ahead, please. Oh, God. No, Brittany, I don't know. No, AJ, you've never heard this, I don't think. But Brittany, have you ever heard that story? Yes, it's very I funny. I thought you have. I've told it many times. And if you've heard it before, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, but it's one of my favorite stories because Rodney Dangerfield insulted Jeff Cesario the first time he met him. And I'm sorry, but I thought it was hilarious. So here's what happened. Cesario flies out. He's moving to Los Angeles, right? His first day in Los Angeles, he's walking around with Jerry Seinfeld because they're old friends from back in the writing days and all the rest of it. So they're walking along, and Seinfeld says to Cesario, hey, would you like to meet Rodney Dangerfield? He's out at the comedy store. It's a couple blocks away. If you'd like to meet Oh, you go, I'd love to meet Rodney Dangerfield. My first day in L.A., I get to meet Rodney Dangerfield. This is wonderful. So they go down there, and as they get there, Rodney's coming out of the door to get in his limousine and drive away. Jerry calls out to him. He stops. They walk up, and Jerry says... And I'm sorry, I've told this story a million times, but I still, it makes me laugh every time I hear it because it's true. Cesario told me the story it's himself. So they're introducing everybody and Seinfeld says, Rodney, I'd like to meet a new comedian here. He uh, moved to town. He's a great writer, great performer, great producer, as a matter of fact. Very, very funny man. Rodney, meet Jeff Cesario. And Rodney Dangerfield said, Cesario, huh? Italian, huh? Stick to the tumbling. <laughs> now that's funny. That is hilarious. Isn't that wonderful? That is, it's hilarious. Stick to the tumbling. <laughs> You're Italian. You should be an acrobat. That's oh, okay. so funny. But see, it's a great insult, but it's hilarious. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people, yeah, that's, so many people on my Twitter page are like, Please insult me. Please roast me. Please, <laughs> come on, give me something. Yeah. Like, this and that, you know. I mean, they're like, oh, it's an honor to be roasted. But it's just, because it's funny. It's like anyone, because almost like compliments are like insincere. When you could really insult somebody in a funny way. Yes. But in a funny way, it's like, that's to me like, oh, great. anyone can say, oh, how's it going? I'm a big fan, blah, blah, blah. You give somebody like a personal insult about them, and they, it's hilarious. 
Because I know you like me. If you t- go out of the way to insult me, <laughs> it means you like me. Right. To me, anyway. 100%. 100%. So that's cool. So when you go on stage now, um, I mean, I can't see you because, God, I've known you, I don't know how many years, a lot of years already, but uh, you're a strong man. I don't see you backing down from anybody. No, I mean, I mean, one time when I got attacked at the wedding, if you look up comedian attacked at the wedding. Oh, that's right. I uh, you know, I hadn't got paid yet. So it was only like four minutes into the act. So the guy pushed me and ran away. Um, so I didn't attack him back. But I'm like, it was also all Marines in the crowd. And it was a wedding. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons I didn't. But no, I, I, I mean, the goal isn't to go there and try to fight people. Uh, you know, so it's to make them laugh. But no, I, I don't. Um, there, was, there was a comic that, that sucker punched me one time at a comedy club. Oh. And uh, I, he said I took a joke from him. I'm like, I'd never seen your act. He was a bully. I got off stage. He went up in the corner and punched me. I didn't even see it coming. Really? And, and then I turned around and I just saw blood and I just like hit him like five or six times. And like, uh, you know, he's like, come on, white boy, we'll dine in hell together, which is like a line from like 300. So he, <laughs> so so he, says, I, he says I stole his joke, but he, he stole Gerald Butler's uh, line, you know? Right. So. Right. <laughs> So what's the bigger evil? And then, and then he was like, he's a Mexican comic, and I guess he'd like been known a bully. So I was, was like, I just got to L.A. and I was afraid I was gonna get like attacked. I got more people that offered me gigs in West Covina after that, and like, you know, Mexican comics, like I, you know, people like Felipe Esparza and Gabriel Iglesias, like, hey man, on behalf of my people, thank you. You know, so it was actually pretty good. So would we even know who this guy is? Yeah, isn't that? Yeah, but I don't want to. I ended up suing. No, him. no, no. You don't have to. I just was wondering if I, off the air, I can find him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now the guys, the guys are. I mean, he's a horrible person. Is somebody was like, hey, you want to do a podcast with you and him? I'm like, well, if you get, if you get Gerald Butler, I'll go on because <laughs> he's he's the real victim. Yeah, he's the victim out of all this. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, well, see, that shows class that you don't want to mention him because, a guy, I mean, to be sucker punched is not something I care for. No, it's the worst. I mean, it, it's it, it like, is. and the thing was that he hit me because, kind of like with the Chris Rock thing, like, you know, when he got hit, it was because the, the guy thought he could beat him. You know, he wasn't going to hit, you know, Joe Rogan or whoever, you know, so it's, right, uh, to me, that's right. like when you hit somebody that you think you can beat is the biggest act of, of like, cowardice. It's like, you know, not that you should go around hitting people that you think you can't beat, but at least I'm like, wow, right. you know, this guy's got, he went up to Mike Tyson and punched him in the face. Like, wow, that guy's got, you know, some, 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 some real, you know, balls on him. But that's not what happened, so. I just don't understand how you can bring yourself to even punch Chris. I love Chris Rock. How can you punch him? No, it's, of course. When, when like, you play to Ali, too, which is, which is crazy. Uh, yeah. But, and then, and then people are mad at Chris Rock for his special. I'm like, for what? That's what he does. He, if Will Smith would have wrote a rap song about Chris Rock, everything would have been okay. Uh, but yeah, it's right. like he's not a fighter. But he, 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 it's like he's a comic. Of course he's going to make jokes about it. It would be cowardice of him not to or not. It would be very unlike Chris Rock. So it's crazy. Yeah, I, we don't need any more of that stuff. Do you, th- do you think, are we starting to edge back toward people having an actual sense of humor? Because my God, for a while there, nothing was funny. Jesus. I, I think so. I mean, look, you got Greg Gutfeld having the number one show on, on uh, uh, the number one late night show. If that's, if that's mm-hmm. true. So now you got, you got three guys that are professional comedians. So you got, you know, Jimmy Kimmel and, uh, you know, Jimmy Fallon. And then you ha- and they're losing to, and to Greg Gutfeld on the Fox News channel. It's not even basic yep. cable. So obviously people, and I watched the Gutfeld show. It's not like, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a funny show, but it, I mean, this is not Johnny Carson. This is, no. <laughs> you know, no. this is, and he doesn't have the, the, the Jay Leno timing. I mean, Bill Maher, I think, blows everyone away. But at the same time, it's like, if people, if everyone's, if people are going to Fox News to hear jokes, <laughs> like that's a flip there, world. There's, it's it's crazy. You know, that's crazy. It is. That's crazy. I, I yeah, I don't look. I you know, I have personal opinions about this whole deal, and I um, I only had to deal with Greg Gutfeld one time, and it was pure hell dealing with that man. <laughs> I'm like, really, you think you're that big a deal and that important? Look, I, it's good for you. You've got the number one show on. On television at night, I don't really... Well, first of all, talk television is at its lowest point ever. People yeah. just don't watch a lot of talk uh, talk shows like that anymore. 
But I, I, and I'll just be totally honest with you. I have never, ever thought Greg Gutfeld's funny in the least. Ever. He's just not funny, is he? I mean, I think he's very sarcastic. Um, yeah, and, right. and, and I think he's good at playing off on people, you know? Um, yeah. I, I don't know about his... Uh, I just don't think, you know, these guys are, it's just crazy because it's like there's so many comedians out there. Um, but, but the problem is, like, people make jokes and you're like, like, even people got upset at Jimmy Kimmel for the Oscars. Like, that, right. that joke, that monologue couldn't have been, people were like, oh, well, Michael, well, R. Kelly's people got upset. Well, R. Kelly shouldn't have been peeing on people. Like, what are you mad at him Be for? Good. You know, like Michael Jackson's nephew got upset. Like, well, like, <laughs> okay. his, his uncle should have been having sleepovers with the kids. What are what are we talking about? I mean, like I grew up at a time when Leno had the dancing Edos on. I mean, can you imagine? Like, if right. like he was making OJ jokes left and right. It was the funniest thing ever. I mean, that's what I was about. Norm McDonald. Norm, you look up Norm compilation OJ Norm. jokes on uh, Saturday Night Live. It's the greatest. It's hilarious. It's it's unbelievable. I really miss him, by the way. What a terrific, and just the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet, too. And Norm McDonald. And just look, was always laughing at his own, he always had his own comedy show going on in his head. <laughs> he did. Like, it's when true. you look at, like, if you look up him on, the, on the, the View, and he calls Hillary Clinton a murderer, and Bill Clinton a murderer, like, nine times <laughs> in four minutes. And, <laughs> He's just cracking himself And they up. all start yelling at him. Yeah. Like, they all start, like, they hate him on it. And he's like, well, I thought everyone knew that he was a murderer. Like, <laughs> he's so funny. It's, like, it's the great, it's, it's, it's hilarious. And, it, and the way it aged, too. I mean, I'm sure at the time people were like, get him off my TV. And now every comment is like, he's the only, he's the funniest one. And yeah, I mean, you've, I saw, jo I saw Joy Behar was one of the first comedians I've ever, ever seen at Caroline's. Like, she was a comic at one point. I don't know if she's even a comic anymore, but I think that's also the issue is that comics, they have strong opinions and they get into politics and then they stop becoming funny because they're only looking at things through one way. Yeah, yeah, very, very true. I will tell you this, honest to God, that I've never been a fan of Jimmy Kimmel. But I thought he did a really good job at the, at, was it the Oscars that he hosted? I guess it was, yeah, right? Yeah. The only part of that I watched was his monologue, and I thought he did a terrific job. I thought it was terrific. Yeah, his, his kid's a pretty decent actor. I actually watched the stupidest movie I've ever seen with uh, Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher because my wife won't let me watch you know, John Wick 4 as our date movie anymore. <laughs> and, um, no date movies. No, yeah, no, no more John Wick movies. And uh, <laughs> my, my, my wife didn't even know what Die Hard was. We watched Die Hard. She's like, is this hide-and-go-seek with guns? I'm like, <laughs> well, it's got I a point. I love her. It's pretty much, this is hide-and-go-seek with guns. Uh, but but he's in a new movie. The kid, the kid's in a movie. He looks just like Jimmy Kimmel, but like a like a ten year old version of him. Really? And, uh, yeah, and it's with uh, Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. And it is the casting is horrible because they both have like ex boyfriends that like they would never hook up with in real life, and then they get together at the end. Like oh, who would have thought that like they were best <laughs> friends would end up being together when like there was like not even any kind of tempting people in in, in the process, except for oh, except for one guy, but. But it was actually, it was okay. It was a decent Netflix movie. Was it Your Place or Mine? Was yeah. It, the one they were doing uh, promotions for that they were acting really awkward around each other. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't ba that bad. Okay. I mean. Hmm. We'll give it a whirl. Adam, I promise the next time you come in, I will be there. It's great to, to just see your picture up on my screen, to hear your voice again. Thank I, you. I just, I've missed all you guys so much when nobody could come in. But it's just great to have you back in studio, pal. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I did a Zoom comedy show that went so bad. The audience muted the comic. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Have Thank a good you. day, sir. Thank you. We'll take a break. Be right back in a couple of minutes with uh, Channel 5's Chris Hager. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant. The latest statistics are out for 2022. And although 48 states, including Minnesota, have texting and driving laws in place, many American drivers still take part in this dangerous practice daily. According to the National Safety Council, cell phone use while driving led to 1.6 million crashes and nearly 309,000 injuries occur each year from accidents caused by texting while driving. Scariest of all, over 3,000 deaths are caused by texting and driving. And these are only the numbers that have been verified. Who knows how many more there actually were? The bottom line is this. In Minnesota, we have the hands-free law in place for a reason, to keep you and those around you safe. The simple solution is please don't text and drive. It's against the law. 
By practicing safe driving habits, you can break the cycle of distracted driving. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw Bryant. At the new Tom Bernard Morning Show, we're pretty low-key. We talk in regular voices. Well, except for Tom's, which is all like, You're a disaster. But we don't get all hypey and stuff. However, we are doing a contest called Pick Your Prize. You could win $10,000 worth of yard machines from Tri-State Bobcat. $10,000 worth of machines. It's pretty hard not to get excited about $10,000 worth of lawn machines, including a zero-turn mower, a walk-behind mower, snowblower, string trimmer, leaf blower, chainsaw, and more. Or a $10,000 Cub Foods gift card. And all you have to do is register on the Tom Bernard Show app, which you already have, right? Well, if not, download it. No big deal. Then register. Every time you open the app between now and March 31st, you'll be entered in the $10,000 Pick Your Prize contest. That's it. Download the Tom Bernard Show app. It's free, and it's in your app store. Win $10,000 worth of yard machines from Tri-State Bobcat, a $10,000 cup gift card, and so much more. See it all on the Tom Bernard Show app. Right now, MyPillow has a massive closeout sale happening on their all-season slippers. Listeners continually make the MySlippers the number one selling MyPillow product, and I have a feeling you'll want to stock up now when you hear this offer. When you use my promo code TOM, T-O-M, you'll get the all-season slippers for $25, regularly $149.98. That's over $120 in savings. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout. These will sell out. Trust me on that one. My slippers have an exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slipper. The patented layers make these slippers ultra-comfortable and extremely durable. They help relieve stress on your feet, and you can wear them anytime, anywhere. They also come in a ton of additional sizes and all new colors. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square to grab a pair of the all-season slippers for only 25 bucks. Regularly priced at $149.98. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout. Enter promo code TOM, T-O-M, for this incredible offer. They won't last long, so order now. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. I got to make me so feel so much better to hear... A comedian, a level of Adam Hunter in studio. Just, uh, I've missed it. It's been, God, what, three years since people were coming in the studio to do a little comedy and all that. It's just, it's wonderful to have it back again. I will tell you that. Yeah, he is hilarious. He's I always a great guy. If I could get a baby's, I'm saying House of Comedy this weekend. It's uh, tonight, tomorrow night, and Sunday night. I mean, if I can get a babysitter, we got, uh, he's hilarious. And a great guy, too. He's yeah. got an edge to him that I just love. Yeah, he's he's got an edge, but then he showed me we were we were trading pictures of our kiddos. So very likable. <laughs> Love it. Uh, quickly, I want to cover the weather here. This is uh, it's just too good to pass up. Sunny and mild today with a high of 45. Clear a few clouds tonight, a low of 26. Then tomorrow, sunny, at least partly sunny, with a high of 44. Mixed sunshine and clouds on Sunday, high of 42. So 45 today, 44 tomorrow, 42 on Sunday. It's clear in 21 right now. Just. Uh, Terrific, don't you think? Yes, yes, it's really nice. You know. $1,000 Tom Bernard App Contest winner Nick Bachman of West St. Paul won 1000 bucks. the Tom Bernard App Contest. Nick won $1,000 for downloading the Tom Bernard App and registering right now. If you get the app and register, you will be in for the $10,000 Pick Your Prize drawing that's the end of March. All they do at Hubbard is just give, give, give. Have Ex- you ever noticed that? Exactly. Exactly, that's the deal. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the lovely and talented Chris Eggert from Channel 5 Eyewitness News. Oh, hi, guys. How's it going? Marvelous. We had a great uh, comedian in studio. It's been, as you know, over at the Q, we used to have comedians in every Thursday and Friday for years and years and years and years. And then COVID hit and nobody could go anywhere or do anything. So to have this back on the road now after three years of absence, it just made me very, very happy. I will tell you that. Yeah, I, I I caught part of the last part of his segment. I mean, he's super funny, and it's it's so weird to think. I don't know why the three year mark has sort of hit me a little bit. Um, it was like one year; it was still kind of going on. Year two, yeah. it, I don't know. Nobody really knew. Year three, it's over, but people are still getting it. And I don't know. It's it's super weird. Think about the last three years. How much has changed? And now, of course, they're saying the masking and staying away from one another did nothing. <laughs> so that's great news, isn't it? Yeah. I, in fact, I was just talking um, with people in the newsroom about one of the first places 
I was able to go to with a couple of my friends was Bunnies in St. Louis Park. Oh, they I opened, love Bunnies. They opened up pretty early um, in COVID when they were allowed to. And they had like a big tent out back where people were going to. But I remember meeting some friends and we were inside Bunnies and like it was business as usual. And people were having a blast. And it was just so weird because we'd all been isolated for, you know, two, three months at that point. I remember feeling, just didn't really know how to feel about it. But then I had a couple of drinks and then I knew how to feel about it. It was freaking awesome. But It's magnificent. By the way, we have a lot of international listeners now. Like I, I found out uh, the last couple of days because we got a, an email from a man who was on a beach in Costa Rica. Apparently, we got several listeners in Costa Rica, so welcome uh, to the show. And I keep forgetting that since it, it is a podcast, um, you know, and look, when you did a morning show and you later put it up for, you know, national distribution or international distribution, that was a little different. To have it going on while you're doing the show is a whole different deal because we're getting calls from all around the world. I mean, not calls, but text messages from all around the world, which is very, very cool, I think. Don't, don't you think? That's awesome. And we should get that. You should get that guy on the phone and have him tell us how awesome it is on the beach in Costa Rica right now. Oh, well, he sent his picture along. Oh, go ahead. He sent his picture along, and uh, I will tell you this. He's got a big smile on his face, Chris. Of course he does. <laughs> he's very happy. I will tell you that we're like uh, celebrating is- 45 degrees today. Like it's some big, wonderful heat wave and think how pathetic that is, but you know, well, it is what it is. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right about that. But I just, uh, we move, we, we soldier on, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. You know, what's really um, weird about this show, Chris, for me. And I, I mentioned this to the, everybody else on the show before, but I, it's been a couple of days, so I'll mention it again. On this show, I get on this show and we start it. We're just talking. I mean, there's not a whole lot of show prep that goes on. There's some, but not a lot. It's all ad lib and all the rest of it, which I think is the truest way to do it. But the one thing this show has done for me that didn't used to happen is I just looked up and the show's half over, for Christ's sake. That's amazing to me. It seems like I've been here like 10 minutes. That's a very good now? sign when you're not watching the clock the whole time. Oh, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I, I am having so much fun doing this job. Catherine has even pointed out, she goes, God, you're much less of a prick now. I said, thank <laughs> you, honey. Uh, appreciate it. You know. Brittany, can you, do you want to weigh in on that about uh, Tom's mood? <laughs> um, yeah, you you know, I, I always keep the uh, parameter going because you never know. So I am too nervous to say things are going well ever. So... <laughs> This is a disaster. <laughs> they see, there's the Tom I know and love. <laughs> the great. Ah, what the hell it up? Well, but look, hmm. you have to understand something. I'm going down the sheet here. The, uh, right down the sheet here. We got the, you know all the advertisers that were with me over at the queue have come over. Bob Sansevier is still with me. Kristen Burt's still with me. Adam Hunter, an old friend, came through. I wish I'd have been in in studio to see him. We got you, Chris. I've always enjoyed working with you. We got we got Phil Mackey, we got Judd, Judd Zalgood, we got Kent Herbeck coming up later, Tim Lambert. I'm surrounded by very, very nice people. Every one of you came over with me. You know how much I appreciate that? It's amazing. Hey, we're glad to be here. I, I'm loving what you're doing. And uh, you just said you were on in Costa Rica. Uh, you're also on in the Hubbard cafeteria. I was just walking through there. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I heard that. Uh, I should. What do you know? What his name is? Because apparently he told uh, Amy Daniels yesterday that he listens to the show and he loves it. Tom. His name is Tom. Yeah. Tom. Who loves you more than Tom? Tom. And, Tom. And if I, if I were to open the door, Tom could even hear you saying that. I was I was over there, um, <laughs> getting my normal breakfast of two saltine crackers this morning, and um, I heard Big. Brittany's voice ringing out from over the. Uh, Tom's phone was kind of sitting over by the griddle. And I, I it had to do a double take because I thought Brittany might have been in there. Well, I, it was very confusing. I wish. I always wish I was at that cafeteria. <laughs> that food is so freaking good. And cheap, relatively yeah, well, speaking. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, good. We'll say well-priced. Yes, very well-priced. God, I'm sorry you can't get, get in on that, Tommy. I will get in on it when I okay. when I come back. I'm coming back in a few weeks, thank God, and I'm going to be around for month after month after month, and I'm going to spend some time over at the Hubbard Building. I've always loved that place anyway. Like I said, it's the first place I ever worked a real job. 
Uh, I have magnificent memories of that building from 52, 53 years ago. I just love that place. I'll buy you breakfast. Oh, he just told me how cheap it is. Now he wants to buy me breakfast. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Hey, Tom, it's Listen. cheaper than hell. I'll even buy you breakfast. <laughs> I figure uh, if all three of us, uh, Rudy were to be along, we could all have an omelet, hash browns, toast, probably for somewhere around $16. Now, I have a question for you, Chris Eggert from Channel 5's Eyewitness News. Yes, sir. If Tom is listening to the show in the cafeteria... And Ginny Morris walks in, and she hears Brittany go, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> How's that going to go? That's a good, uh, that is a good question, but I'm, I'm sure she would be well-versed enough to realize that that was the podcast she was listening to and not one of the radio stations. But maybe she wouldn't like the fact that the people having lunch <laughs> hearing us drop the F-bomb. I mean, it's not like blaring. I would really think, you know, uh, oh, okay. just kind okay, of in good. Tom's little kitchen prep area is mainly where oh, you hear okay. it. <laughs> that is a good point. It's like, whoa. I'll I, I, when dog. I go in that cafeteria, I always have to be careful because um, when I'm not on TV, I do have a tendency to um, not uh, speak, uh, speak very plainly. And I'm always worried that I'm going to blurt something out in there being a loud mouth and um, somebody of significance is going to walk around the corner and then I will feel like even an even bigger dipshit than I normally feel. So it'll happen. There's no doubt about it. It's just, it's just the way life goes, you know, it's true. It's just how it's it very is. True. Um, before you get to some of the stories you, you want to talk about this morning, I got to ask you, have you seen this story about fruit roll-ups this morning? No. I don't really understand. People Are people getting dumber by the minute? Are we really? Because I've been told like 85% of people in the world right now are the dumbest they've ever been. I can confirm that. <laughs> you can actually confirm it, not just agree, it's, but you can uh, confirm it. It's, it's confirmable information. Okay, you ready for this, uh, AJ? You ready? I actually know exactly what you're talking about. I was, uh, I was on top of this yesterday. I, how, how is this even possible, AJ? I, I, are people that stupid? Chris, let me fill you in here real quick, if you don't mind. Okay, I'm listening. So a lady went viral on TikTok because she she videoed herself going into her freezer, taking out a like a fruit roll-up, you know, that snack you include with like a kid's yeah. lunch or whatever. And she unwraps it, and then she just bites right into it. It's frozen. And everybody's like, I'm almost positive those have plastic wrapped around them. She goes, no, there's no plastic. <laughs> And she takes out and she takes out another one, crack, boom, she's just eating it. And then you have all these people stitching and duetting her, and it's like, no, all the ones that I just bought from the store, they all have plastic. Lady, you're eating plastic. So fruit she by the is. foot roll up, they had to come out and be like, stop eating the plastic, everybody. <laughs> it's not healthy. I'm looking AJ, I'm looking at this picture right now. She's trying to bite through it, and you can see the plastic separating from the fruit roll up, and she doesn't get it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> I don't He's understand people. Plastic. I, how do you know you're not biting into plastic? How do you know that? I mean, I'm a little worried that the product in itself, when you can't discern the plastic from the product. <laughs> That's a legitimate, uh, you know, I, I get that too. I just don't understand. How and um, just... Fruit Roll-Up's brand has gone so far as to tell TikTok users, please don't eat the plastic. <laughs> That's good well, of them. Well, here's the story. That doesn't look very appealing. Get it? Appealing. Mm. Snack brand Fruit Roll-Ups has forewarned people on TikTok to not eat the plastic that the fruit leather is wrapped in after someone on the platform claimed the plastic is edible. Oh, she actually knows it's plastic and thinks it is edible. Oh. Okay. okay. The video is one of several TikTok clips making the rounds about unique ways to eat the classic snack. And one, users freeze the fruit roll-ups for an icy and sweet treat. Others are even putting a chunk of ice cream in the fruit leathers center for a brain-numbing delicacy. The fruity label debunked a user on TikTok recently named Hollyberry9, uh, who stated that it was perfectly fine to eat the plastic when the snack is frozen. So, frozen plastic, you go ahead and eat it. No problem. <laughs> what? Imagine that PR person getting home for the day and it's like, hey, honey, how's work? <laughs> oh, God, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I had to you. tell all of America to not eat plastic. Oh, God. 
How stupid have we? We literally have gotten incredibly stupid in, in the world. Not just America. It's around the world. There's no doubt about that. Well, a but, couple of weeks ago, I was telling you a story about some guy eating dog food on TikTok. And then people had to come out saying, well, shouldn't eat dog food. It's not really that healthy for humans. Um, speaking of which, the TikTok thing, there was a huge hearing on Washington uh, at the yeah. Capitol in Washington, yep. D.C. yesterday where they sat down and, I mean... Listen, you can say what you will about TikTok, but it kind of seems like they everyone really unloaded on that dude. Did you guys hear any of that? I did. Yes, I saw it. Uh, um, I mean, TikTok's listen, I've got kids who are on TikTok. I have friends who are on TikTok. I was on it for a minute and got off because it was it was the algorithm which sucks you in. And I was like, eh, I don't have anything to do with that. There's plenty of dumb crap going around on TikTok as it is. Um, I, and I get that, but I don't know, is, is it the company who owns it? Is that the reason there's dumb shit on there? Or is it just because w people are posting dumb shit? And that's not um, even getting into the data part of it, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, TikTok is owned by the Chinese government, and that's the whole problem. Well, I think that's the problem that the that the you know, lawmakers are trying to go after, but I think right. there's a morality issue there too. And they're using that as a, using that as sort of a, you know, that's the reason we're going to go after TikTok. But I think everyone's just going after TikTok for the sake of the fact that uh, everyone's looking at it and all this weird um, kind of ludicrous stuff is going on on there as well. Well, the biggest problem you have, of course, is there was a woman, I don't remember, she was a congressperson, but I don't know, I can't remember where she was from. Uh, and she said to the guy, that guy that was appearing uh, in front of them yesterday, she kept asking them, what about the Uyghurs? How, uh, would you tell us about why it is okay with China to have slavery? And she had to ask him five times, and he would not answer her. She, he would not talk about the Uyghurs. Um, and what's interesting about that, I brought him up this morning, and AJ, I think you had heard, but, but Brittany had never even heard of the Uyghurs. You know? So... They have slavery in China, so how, if you're buying Chinese products, you're basically supporting slavery. How can you well, do that? Yeah, well, I mean, the the phones that everyone's looking at were probably built yeah, by probably underage kids. That's what I'm saying. It seems a little um, picking and choosing outrage. Right. Like, if we're going to be outraged at China, I got a whole list of things that we could be outraged at China for. So... TikTok's the one thing that finally pushed us over the edge, not Xi Jinping over planning with Vladimir Putin right. about everything that they like, would like to do. I mean, it just seems like it's a low-hanging low hanging fruit. You know what I'm saying? Well, Iran did kill one of our soldiers yesterday, did they not? But what's that? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking TikTok being low-hanging fruit. Yeah. No, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. It, it just... Everything is about money, 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 money. If I can make money, I don't care what the hell I have to do to make money because it's all about money. It's, I find that disgusting. I really yeah, you're, you're not wrong about that. It's just, Jesus, the people in their money grubbing. Here's what I would do if I were you. Get off your ass and get a job and you'll have lots of money. You'll be good to go, right? <laughs> yep. And then I you mean, wouldn't have yeah. time to look at TikTok because you'd be yeah. working. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. I, you know, and again, I'm, it's a little, a little weird of me to say that because I never, well, I, I did graduate high school, but I tested out at 16. So I wasn't there until I was 18. Like most people, I tested out because I hated it so much. They allowed me to do that. The only thing I had to do as an agreement, though, this was very, very funny. And I didn't even think about it at the time because I was only 16 years old. They said, we will give you a diploma. Uh, you test it out. You're, you're fine. You certainly deserve a diploma, but we will only give you one if you come to homeroom every day. So I would have to go over there for 10 minutes to North High School every day and sit in class for that first little bit, and then I could leave for the rest of the day. And you know why I had to do that? So they could Anyone? say you were there just to mark, check a box? Check a box, and what box is it they're checking? You have to remember, they get money for every kid who shows up every day. Ah, uh, yep. It was all about the money. All about the funding formula. <laughs> All the way back then when I was 16, it was about the money. They didn't give a rat's ass if I was there. 
I just had to check in uh, so they could put my name and check the box and say Tom was here. So then they'd get the money for me, too. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong about the money thing. It's definitely, it seems to drive everything, that's for sure. It does indeed. So, But I did last in college for one day, so that was pretty good, I thought. I, that's a good run. Listen, you one, checked it out. Yep, you, yep. It wasn't for you. No, too much ass kissing in college for me. That that's the one thing I noticed. I was there one day and the the students kissed ass on everybody they came near and I said I just I can't be here. I can't be around this old deal. Col- is college still like that, do you think? Uh, maybe ask some people closer to college age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. I could do that. AJ, you're not that old. Did you you go to yeah. college? Yeah, I went to St. Cloud State actually. Oh, you did. Mhm. Now a lot of uh, did you observe a lot of ass kissing of the professors? Uh, some more than others, but there. Have you heard of rate my professor? Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's a tool that a lot of students use when like signing up for classes. So you end up being able to kind of pick and choose, maybe more friendly or student friendly uh, professor. So there's maybe not as much just because there's a better mesh and better chemistry. But oh, okay. But no, I I would say I heard more. Just, you know, what's the word? Maybe de- not defamation, but just like stu- crap being talked about professors. Like, oh, I hate that guy. This guy is such a, <laughs> such a t- tough grader. Like, why is this, why are we right. having to do like, You know, um, when you get along with a professor, it seems more like a friend association rather than a, this is somebody I'm paying thousands of dollars to teach me stuff for a piece of paper. So That's kind of sad. I was just looking back over it because I went to Brown Institute for a year or two to become a a radio disc jockey man. What do you think of that? Nailed it. Killed it. Catman! 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 Catman. (laughs) What? W? Yeah, I got scared. I can't say it all because I always screw up the letters. W G U I. G U I. That's it. Thank you. Exactly right. W G U I. You're welcome. Sorry, my bad. But it was more like W G U I. Don't scared for your heart when you do that. You know what's weird about that too is that that's actually how I talked when I was 19 years old, because I tried to impress everybody about what a man I was. So it was like, I need a six pack of Coca Cola. Yeah, oh, baby. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. So what were you saying about Brown? We interrupted you. <laughs> no, we're not. T- I'm not talking to you people anymore. You're oh, out of the mix. Oh no. No. I'm done with the conversation. No, it it just was a whole different era back then, and and I just, uh, it was. Uh, I will tell you, Kent Burkhart was the uh, the consultant at the time, and he just he said, Tom, you do what you do, and I said, What do you mean? He goes, Well, ordinarily, I would tell our our ten to two guy, you should do this, this, and this, but I've been listening to your show, and there's no way I could direct you. You just kind of go down your own path, and it's fine with me. <laughs> In other words, I was too big a pain in the ass to try to direct, so just go out and do whatever it is you do. But that's Great that guy. is very intuitive mm-hmm. of that consultant because for the longest time and a lot of times when you're starting out in the broadcasting industry, they're like, you know, keep it between the lines, don't show personality, don't do this, don't do that. And you're young, you don't know what the hell you're doing anyway, so you're right, like, uh, right. okay, but... And the older you get is I think the more you become comfortable with sort of hanging your real self out there a little bit more. And that's what makes people, that's what makes people enjoy listening or watching you in my opinion. Yeah. Cause it's not fake. It's this is, this is actually it. See, I didn't know a lot of these things about myself before cause nobody ever brought them up to me, but I did not realize that the people, I don't know if they're afraid of me or they're just kind of wary of me or whatever it is. See, I never knew I, I had that effect on people. Uh, but apparently they picked up on the mental illness part of it more quickly than I thought they would. Brittany's groaning. Buddy. You didn't know people were scared of you? No, Until I when? Had no idea. People are ter- people like but like why? I, because Tom, they ju- they just it's just a fact. I know thyself. Like 
and know thyself. <laughs> okay. I mean, okay. I don't think you're scary. I like, I love communicating with you because you're very upfront, and I love that yeah, in people. That's true. But I would say there are, especially the male species. You're yeah. a, you're an intimidating fella. Let's just say that. How? I don't have. I'm not. I refuse to explain. I refuse. I refuse to go <laughs> I into refuse. it. I'm t- I think I'm quite pleasant, actually. Depends on the day, sir. Boy, listen to all the support I got on that. <laughs> yes, well, you, listen, you're keeping it real. <laughs> it's just how it was. I, I suppose it, it's how you grew up and how you comported yourself. And, and I, I think part of that, and the reason I didn't know I was still doing it, is I suppose I started doing that to ward people off in my neighborhood, saying, you F with me, there's going to be some problems. Absolutely. Because if you didn't tell them that, you they would pick on you like there's no tomorrow. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you have you and I have the same instincts. If somebody comes in here with their chest out, trying to be a man, you know, like yep. intimidate us, we both shut down in a way that's like hilarious. Like we, we both I always think I'm gonna have to fight someone all the time. And you're like, hell nah. So it's like we're I'm fine with that. I'm fine that if somebody yep. comes in here peacocking, they can get the hell out. Like, no thank you. So I'm not hating on you. I just know that, like, no. there are men in this world, or I shouldn't say men, there are humans in this world that if they walk in the studio with an attitude, it's just not going to go well for them, and we're right. fine by that. Yep. No, it's true. I understand that. So you do think I'm qu- rather pleasant, then. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, if that's what you derived from this conversation, <laughs> more power to you, sir. Is that what you took away from the time? <laughs> so you do think I'm perfect. Okay, yes. well, just thank checking. You. Thank you Absolutely. Very much, Absolutely, sir. Well, but the reason this even came up, Chris, is because, you know, when I left the queue and, and took a couple of months off and then came over here, I think people had heard a lot of stories because, again, I was not comfortable there the last 10 years. It was just not my kind of place to be. I didn't agree with anything they did. So I was in a horseshit mood for about a decade. But other than that, you know, so then I got over here and people thought I, I kind of, you know, carried it with me. But then I said, well, I have a question. If I'm, if I'm that intimidating and hard to get along with, why is it that every single person I've ever worked with came over with me? If if I was that hard on people, wouldn't they have just said, "Oh, thank God he's gone"? Yeah, that yes, one could definitely think that. So I I think you're right on that point. Well, I'm not saying there aren't any people over there that do aren't saying, "Thank God he's gone." <laughs> That's not what I'm saying <laughs> at all. So well, you know, there you have. Well, who cares, right? I agree, but I do. I do. I love working with you guys. I I have a lot of fun talking about that. We're just different kinds of people, and I think that's a good thing. This phony radio. Hey, we're all getting along, and we're all buddies. And no, if somebody messes up, like I'm not your buddy. Get away from me, right? Yeah, and uh, don't get me started on that. Like people out buddying around with their coworkers like all the time, and taking all these like staged pictures, and they're like, right. oh, look at all of us. We're just out eating Juicy Lucy's. Come on. You love Juicy Lucy, though. i got to be honest with you. Yeah, I do, too, but give me a break. All right, Chris. Well, I will talk to you on Monday, Pally. All right, you guys. Have a nice weekend. Have a good one. That's Channel 5's Chris Eggert, one of my favorite people. I've always gotten along with Chris really well, years and years and years. He's got to come and do the family podcast once in a while. Just love the guy. He's, he's a an, great guy. He's so delightful, annoyingly delightful. I just see, just great on the show. Let's go with that. He's annoyingly delightful. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yep, that works for me. You feel? You feel me? I, I'm feeling you. Okay, we do have to take a break here. Be right back in a couple of seconds. I'm going to check some uh, some of the highlights in the news today, and we'll try to figure out what the hell's wrong with the world right after this. When you need someone to listen. A lawyer you know and trust. If you've never been in an auto accident, it's hard to know what to expect from the insurance adjuster. Here are some tips. One, if they talk to you about whether or not you should hire a lawyer, it's a good sign that you probably should. Two, it's illegal for them to give you any legal advice. They aren't lawyers and they aren't licensed to practice law. Three, if they tell you that everyone involved in the accident is at fault, they're wrong. This comes from the belief that you're at fault for just being on the road. That's nonsense and not supported by any law. Finally, remember that friendly adjusters are often just gaining information. They want you to do most of the talking so they can file their report. 
I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision. But if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Right now, my pillow has a massive closeout sale happening on their all-season slippers. Listeners continually make the My Slippers the number one selling My Pillow product, and I have a feeling you'll want to stock up now when you hear this offer. When you use my promo code TOM, T-O-M, you'll get the all-season slippers for $25, regularly $149.98. That's over $120 in savings. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout. These will sell out. Trust me on that one. My Slippers have an exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slipper. The patented layers make these slippers ultra-comfortable and extremely durable. They help relieve stress on your feet, and you can wear them anytime, anywhere. They also come in a ton of additional sizes and all new colors. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square to grab a pair of the all-season slippers for only 25 bucks. Regularly priced at $149.98. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout. Enter promo code TOM, T-O-M, for this incredible offer. They won't last long, so order now. 